From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. I was a little on the warm side today, October 1st. Uh, but the good news is I got the yard mode. We had some rain, so... Uh, hell yes, Mr. Rob Rube. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives is the name of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me, downloading this thing as we uh, get through some stuff next half hour or so. Thanks again. Uh, October Halloween month begins on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, which means all the memes that are shared have a Halloween theme to them. Uh, some of them are spooky. Some of them are goofy. Some of them are this or that, but uh, 99.8% of them, pure smartassery. Just just funny stuff uh, to get you through these weird-ass times. So uh, enjoy, best you can. Do love this month, October. Um, of course, uh, my mom's birthday, October 17th. Uh, my wife and I will celebrate our 8th anniversary coming up October 24th. And then October 31st is Halloween. Very cool stuff. And uh, we got fall break trip coming up this year. The girls, both in school, uh, they get a couple days off. And uh, we're planning to go to the Newport Aquarium. And my wife's already got the tickets. She's already got uh, the hotel booked. She's excited. I think she might be a tad bit more excited than the, the kids. And the kids have a lot of reason to be excited because... Uh, uh, I guess uh, Newport Aquarium down there, just uh, on the other side of Cincinnati, they have mermaids. Like mermaids swimming and interacting with uh, all visitors uh, on the days that we're going to be down there. And my kids, you know, my, Lana and Hazel have this thing about mermaids. They really love them, especially Hazel. But uh, my wife just finds a lot of just, just joy in that. There's actual magic in this. Not to sound like hokey or anything, but uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, it makes up for the lack of Powerball winnings for sure. Uh, no winning ticket was purchased with the Saturday night jackpot drawing, which means I think it's going to be a little bit north of $1 billion with the B damn dollars when they decide to do this, what, Wednesday night? That's the uh, next drawing. Uh, which means you'll probably see maybe, maybe just a tad under $500 million of that stuff. Uh, and we, we were disappointed, but then we realized, eh, we got to work for a living. Um, big deep thoughts here, because I just finished watching Band of Brothers last night, on um, HBO series back in 2001, uh, came back to Netflix, uh, some of the Warner Brothers HBO properties are making their ways to other streamers because Max just ain't cutting it, and, uh, what a great show course based on the uh, 101 Airborne that dropped into Normandy um, during D-Day and of course went on to do some big battles in World War II um, and some heavy stuff some very heavy stuff uh, I'm also at, at this moment I'm finishing up a book called Sacred Romance it's a um, it's a Christian book actually I uh, can't really say I've been to church lately um, but my wife when she was going to school she had this book and I thought I would give it a go. And it, it, she also believes in this thing called synchronicity, where just, you know, things in your life, you either say them or think them or do them, and somehow they just kind of tie in, or you run into that idea not soon after. And uh, the book, 
that I re- I'm reading, reading and finishing up is talking about the small versus big story. The big story, of course, being God versus Satan and where you fall into that sort of thing, right? Um, and the small story is you and your struggles and how you know a lot of us just can't see past our own struggles half the time. And the episode of Band of Brothers that kind of uh, hit home, hit this point home, was why we fight. It's the second to last episode because the stress of the war was making its way onto a lot of these guys. One guy um, berates uh, a new guy who wants to go kill Cross, saying, I haven't seen home in two years. And you're acting all gung ho. You know, some guys, their marriages back home are falling apart. Uh, alcoholism, you know, gripping them, and they're just they're just pissed off at life in general because they're wondering, well, why are we over here? Then uh, they see their first concentration camp, and all their problems don't matter shit uh, because this is true evil. What what uh, was perpetrated during World War Two, and. Uh, it's like that sometimes. It brings home the reasons why you go through what you go through. And those guys, uh, I mean, yeah, there there were many, many people that lost their lives in the concentration camps. But when they did arrive, they essentially saved those who remained. It's a tough watch. It's a very tough watch. Uh, uh, the Why We Fight episode of Band Brothers and, of course, uh, uh, The Breaking Point which is uh, also a very harrowing experience about the Battle of Bastogne. Um, But this is a great show. It shows ordinary guys. Ordinary guys from all walks of life in the United States back in the 40s, you know, coming out of the Great Depression, uh, being thrust from home, trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and, uh, you know, trying to do a great thing. You know, they they become un unlikely heroes but they go and do it and it's um it's interesting you know that uh, viral tiktok thing about uh people thinking about guys thinking about the roman empire all the time uh if i ever think about the roman empire it's how it fell it's just apathy and how do you avoid something like that i mean you could have had a roman empire moments in world war ii saying it's not my battle it's not my fight but uh you know after after a bit you, you realize that this was a very big global calamity what was going on with germany uh with japan and of course uh some of the uh the fallout between us and russia afterwards i mean we were allies and everything but i mean just the ordinary guys coming together and fighting all of this how how that was a bigger story and it makes me wonder if we have that same temperament today. If, because there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, you know, of course, Ukraine, uh, the migrant crisis, uh, North Korea, China, everything. Uh, what would be that domino that made it would make everything fall? And could we, could we uh, band together if something like that happened? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but. The fact that those guys were able to do what they did, it's just, it's astounding to me. But it's on Netflix, Band of Brothers. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a two-decade-old show. It's it still hits home very, very much so. It, it, you know, it makes you appreciate what they did and makes you kind of wonder, could we ever do that again if if the need arose? Um, so I, I was also watching the Colts uh, game today. 
That was a tough one. By the way, uh, you know, last podcast I was talking about how um, I thought I would see my first Christmas commercial October 22nd because that's when you kind of, okay, you know, Halloween's a week away. You kind of cycle through that and get everybody excited for Christmas. No, it was today. It was for uh, Walt Disney Resorts down in Orlando. Uh, they're trying to get people interested in going down there for the holidays or as a Christmas gift this year. And it's just like, how how desperate are you guys for money after all the crap that uh, uh, you, you've thrown at people last uh, several years? But anyway, uh, back to the game, which I was watching. It was just kind of a tough one to watch because they're playing the Rams at home, 20 nothing. And then at halftime, and then it was uh, 23 nothing uh, going into the middle of the third quarter. And somehow they tied it and sent this thing to overtime. And uh, then, of course, lost in overtime. But it, it, was a, it was kind of astounding to me because when they want to, they could be pretty decent. But, I mean, it's a young team. And the, the struggle here is, and this is a, a passing league. Uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, I think, has big play ambitions and is capable, of, you know, chucking it down the field for some big plays every now and again. But uh, you know, there's a couple times where his passes seem hurried, seem fa- uh, you know, like like he's not used to the speed of the game and you know, tipped at the line, he's not getting it up high enough. Um, but it's hard to win in the NFL if you don't put up a lot of points, and that was a struggle with the Colts last year. And it's kind of a struggle for the Colts this year uh, because, I mean, the 23 points. And, and, you know, that's that's true. It really is. I mean, like, this is it, this is not a league for the 85 Bears or the 2000 Baltimore Ravens where it was just defense won them a Super Bowl. You have to put up a lot of points. It's a different league now. Peyton Manning, oddly enough, uh, one of the reasons why that is. Um, but the Colts continue to struggle with that, and it was like I was having uh, flashbacks of Chuck Pagano. Uh, avoided watching Sunday Night Football this evening. Um, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift being uh, the more the big the big discussion. And it, Chicago Bear fans, my memory is a little vague on this because this goes back a few years. Uh, Brian Urlacher. I believe at one point was dating Paris Hilton just for a little bit, maybe, but it didn't seem to be that big of a distraction from the team. Whereas this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing, it's just, it's all over. Like you, even if you're not a chiefs fan, it's there. And I know that Taylor Swift is a global phenomenon, but this could be the one thing that gets people to stop watching football. After uh, the pandemic and all the political crap and all that stuff, no, this this could be it because it's just it's overkill. Like Sunday Night Football was promoting it uh, going into the game. Um, ESPN is putting up little factoids about how Taylor Swift has played more NFL stadiums than any team this season, or or or, or something stupid like that. Like it's just become. It's become asinine. We're, we're, they're talking about somebody that does not appeal to the general demographic that is the NFL fan. I mean, yes, women watch football, but it's mostly a guy's sport. And most guys aren't Swifties that watch football. But it's become so obnoxious that I'm just like, nah, I, I, I can't. I can't. I'm just glad that nobody on the Colts is dating Taylor Swift right now. For now. 
sad, sad milestone. I mean, it's it's kind of a bittersweet milestone. This week would have been the 75th birthday of Phil Hartman of Saturday Night Live. Of course, news radio. He was on The Simpsons for a little bit too. As Lionel Hutz, attorney at law, and uh, Troy McClure. You might recognize him from such movies as you know the rest. Uh, 75. He would have been 75 years old. Um, uh, he was killed back in 98. Uh, his estranged wife was going through some mental issues of her own. He was leaving her for another woman, and she didn't take too kindly to that, so she killed him, and uh, she killed herself. It's uh, it's a mess when you look back at that. Um, that was like 25, over 25 years ago, and I guess uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey, they co-host a podcast, and they uh, had various members of Saturday Night Live, uh, Jim Downey, former writer of the show was there too and uh, they were all talk, talking about what a talent he was and what a career he could have had and it's it when you look back at the uh, late 80s early 90s and how young that cast was Saturday Night Live you know with the Mike Myers Dana Carvey uh, Chris Farley Chris Rock David Spade Rob Schneider Phil Hartman was like in his 40s and he was 50 when he died um, like he was just he was just coming into his career midlife and he was so so talented I mean Bill Clinton uh, he, Charlton Heston Frank Sinatra uh, and, and, and the list goes on of all these impressions he could do of course Caveman Lawyer I, I usually re- reference that when uh, uh, even dopey old me gets something uh as opposed to you know the experts, like just Phil Hartman was an immense, talented performer. He's kind of like the anti Chevy Chase, uh, where people actually liked working with the guy, and they said that there was just no ego involved with him. And that's that's one of those things that's missing from uh, TV now is somebody that could be that iconic, that talented. And in some ways, uh, humble, at least for a performer. And I, I, you know, there's just no replicating that talent. Um, if you get a chance, I, I tell you what, I want to see if I can find the demo he did for Saturday night, his audition for Saturday Night Live. It's a little lengthy, but just him kind of going on the these riffs and uh, voices and all these other weird things that he. Uh, uh, picked up from his time as a member of the Ground Leagues out in Los Angeles. Just just a talented performer. Talented performer. Um, all right. So, let's get into music here. Uh, <laughs> let's get into sci-fi, too. Star Wars. I uh, haven't really talked about it much lately after just being disillusioned with how shitty The Mandalorian turned out to be Season 3. Haven't watched any Star Wars property since. I mean, you know, if, if uh, anything from the original trilogy is on, if I decide to stream that, I'll watch that and, and never lose my love for that. But uh, Star Wars lore under Disney is pretty dumb. However, they might have this. I kind of agree with, and I'm not, and I'm not a cancel culture warrior. But it's just like, how did this one get past George Lucas to begin with, and how for so long did the I guess it's just because nobody really paid it any mind. It wasn't really a tentpole of the franchise. But uh, most Eisley, the Katina Bar, you remember the crazy little music numbers that those guys are playing and everything. And I, I guess there's a, a a name for what they are doing. 
like the form of music. Um, and I guess it's kind of like our version of jazz. Uh, but they're now referring to it as Jets. I guess in newer Star Wars properties, Jets. Because in um, some of the Star Wars inspired literature, like books and comic books, uh, a while back, the original name of the um, uh, of the music, <laughs> Jizz, spelled J I Z Z, much like yeah, that's that's what was coming out of those creatures' mouths. Is that that just <laughs> you know somebody sophomoric uh, uh, came up with that? I I'm surprised they didn't try to like um, put an apostrophe in the middle of that word because. There, there was a, a, a character, like, in X-Men, in the comic book, uh, Star Jammers. They're, they're, they're space pirates, and I'm not going to get into all that. But his name was spelled C-H apostrophe O-D. And you kind of <laughs> snickered at his name every time you saw it. In fact, they made an action figure of him uh, with the X-Men line back in the 90s. But Jizz, that, that was the name of the music there. Uh, I know that Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were into jazz, uh, blues. I don't know if they were really into Star Wars-inspired music, but uh, their music everybody was into. Uh, I know they're working on the new album, getting that out, and, of course, just looking for reasons to uh, continue touring. Worth a lot of money, those guys. Uh, and their music catalog is just the stuff of legends uh, and I guess he, uh, Mick Jagger was asked about it because the popular thing for both older musicians and uh, younger musicians sell your catalog cash in while the cash is good Mick Jagger is 80 years old and he says I have no intention of selling it um, but if I did if I did it would probably fund a charity because he says that uh, his eight his eight children and uh, subsequent ch grandchildren all that they they don't need to w live well. Trust him. He, they're they're doing okay on their own. Uh, the Rolling Stones catalog is worth five hundred million dollars. Um, and I'm not sure how it would divvy out. Um, because like you have the three, Bill Wyman's no longer with the band. He's retired, but he, I'm sure he's entitled to a cut. I'm sure the Charlie Watts uh, estate gets a cut. Uh, I'm not sure about Brian Jones because he kind of he he died early in the '60s before they really really blew up. You know, Mick and Keith, obviously, Ronnie Wood. Uh, but let's just say uh, among, I mean, Mick. Mick could cash out now, and be all right for the rest of his life. He's 80. I don't think he's going to live another 50, 60 years. Uh, but he's not doing that, and he's living pretty well for himself. Uh, it's okay. I, I don't have really a problem with older musicians cashing out, but like when you see like Justin Bieber and Katy Perry doing it, and they're, you know, they're in their thirties or forties, they're still fairly young, and you're thinking, well, yeah, but they still get a couple hundred million dollars. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's taxed, and they probably live in pretty big houses, and you know, I, I kind of look at it as a portfolio of the, the music catalog. As long as people are you know playing that music and it ends up in commercials you get a cut of that, right? So why sell it? I mean, how, how desperate for money do you have to be to sell it right away? I mean, if you... I think if you get north of 65 years old, that's when you cash in and kick back and enjoy the wealth. Uh, and Mick Jagger and, and company have been pretty smart about that crap. And uh, more power to them. 
And if they want to tour until Time Immortal ends, that, that's that's okay in my book. All right, keeping up with... Um, uh, there's a couple things I want to get to. I want to push that back, but uh, the, the Tupac thing um, out in Vegas. Dwayne Davis, um, I guess he's a crip, and uh, he was in the white car that pulled up next to Tupac, apparently, in Vegas back in 96, where you know Tupac gets gunned down and dies. Uh, he has been arrested in connection with that murder. So it looks like some traction is finally happening with that investigation. It only took, like, uh, what, 27 years? Um, now, they I don't know if they think he's the primary trigger man because uh, the guy that they suspected of shooting Tupac has died since. But it's kind of interesting uh, that they decided to arrest Mr. Davis here because in uh, 2019, uh, he self-published... A book on Amazon I believe uh, and uh, I think was it called real life street uh, comp no Compton Street legend so he thinks very highly of himself being a gangsta and there are excerpts about uh, how like he had a nephew or somebody uh, in his crew get jumped in Vegas in 96 by East Coast uh, bloods who were associated with uh, whatever um, or no God, how does the story... I'm not really into the whole Crips and Bloods thing. Let's just say, you know, Bad Gang A attacks Bad Gang B. Bad Gang B gets pissed and decides to you know, retaliate, and Tupac gets caught, caught in the crossfire, and apparently Tupac was in on the attack, which just goes to show you uh, what a clean and upstanding lifestyle he was living at the time. Uh, but they arrested this guy... And he's got these excerpts in the book that uh, all but incriminate him. Like, oh, yeah, we, we couldn't let that stand. Really? Like, this was published like four years ago, and they kind of held back on that. But they have gotten search warrants to go and, uh, you know, investigate his phones, computers, and whatnot. See what shakes from this sort of thing. But uh, he, probably, he probably should have taken a cue out of OJ's book, so to speak, and said, if I was a Compton Street legend... Here's how I would do everything. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have been arrested. Probably. Okay, so Toys R Us is making a comeback. Just in time for the holiday season. Um, well, they're they're trying they're gonna launch, I think, uh, twenty-four stores nationwide and have some stores in airports, gift shops, and cruise ships, which okay, why a cruise ship? Uh, I guess it's just that whole gift shop thing. Um, airports and, and uh, cruise ships. I mean, the gift shops on those things are are just expensive it's because they're you have nowhere else to go when you're on a boat. You have nowhere else to go if you're chained to a terminal waiting for your flight to board. You you pay the prices or else you don't get what you need. Um, that really doesn't um, forge any affordability in my mind. Okay, the, the 24 stores are going into the malls, and the malls are a little pricier than your typical retail. However, uh, you know, I was reading this article about Barnes & Noble earlier this year about how, like, they've kind of made a comeback as a, as a book retailer by uh, going into smaller spaces and not trying to be the megastore and just, you know, dealing with lighter inventory. 
So that's worked out for them. Uh, would it work out for Toys R Us? I don't know. They would have to see what what separated Toys R Us from your Walmart, your Target stores, or is the fact that they had a bigger inventory of toys. But you can have too many toys, and if they're a little pricier than Walmart, and Billy's not a collector, he's just going to go out in the backyard and beat the crap out of his toys. Well, you're going to go with what's cheaper at Walmart. So it's it's not a collector's thing. Um. But I am a little glad because, uh, you know, when I was uh, just leaving high school and off and on as, uh, as a college student at Ball State, I did work at Toys R Us, putting uh, bicycles back together, or uh, together in the back, I should say. I didn't, wasn't a repairman, I was an assembly man, damn it. Uh, and uh, the fact that uh, no kids came back and their parents complained about how the thing fell apart is a testament to me. Uh, following the instructions sometimes. Alright. Um, Diane Feinstein. Uh, she passed away this week at the age of 90. Democrat out of uh, California. While in office. She was having some cognitive decline. And um, this is a rant aimed not just at Democrats. But Republicans. And uh, anybody that's been in Washington a little too long. She was 90 years old. She was having cognitive decline. Nobody said step away. Uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate, Kentucky. Uh, he's been there for decades. Decades. Uh, he's had some brain freeze moments in front of the camera. Twice, I think, documented. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, old as hell, going to run again. Joe Biden, old as hell, north of 80. I think he's got some cognitive decline, going to run again. Uh, Donald Trump is the leading Republican nominee, and he—if he wins it again, he'll be north of eighty. Ronald Reagan, as popular as he was, this is going back to the long ago, the eighties. Uh, it was said at the end of his second term. You know, this was a guy in his eighties. Uh, he was starting to see, toward the end. He was starting to see some of the effects of Alzheimer's, and he would pass away from that ultimately. Unfortunately, um, it, this is this is where I'm frustrated with, because there there are age limits, but I don't think they're low enough. I think once you get north of seventy five, you need to call it a day. Um, in in D.C. at least, I think too that there needs to be term limits. There are term limits for president, so Joe Biden could you know run again, and he will. As is Donald Trump, and if other guy wins, they can only serve that one more term, right? But there is no term limits in the House, in the Senate, and these people keep going back and going back. And the reason they keep going back and going back, not just because they love the color gray, not just because they, you know they love being in power, but because we effing send them back, and it's it's just you you kind of check out um, politically. You're just like, well. I'm a Republican. No way in hell I vote Democrat. I'm just going to, you know, vote Republican. Oh, I'm a Democrat. I'm not, you know, you get the idea. You know, you vote for your guy. You vote for the lesser of two evils. That's the problem. There needs to be checks and balances, not only for those who are running for office, uh, but for us. And I'm not saying take away our right to vote, but there needs to be term limits for these people. And there needs to be age limits. Um, so, like, when they surpass those or get close to that mark, you bring in another candidate and you vote for them, right? Um, 
but we don't do that. We don't we don't have that checks and balances. And I, and I'm not saying that this would solve a lot of all of our problems, because you would still have money in politics. That's not going away. Uh, you still have uh, tons of uh, unnecessary government bureaucracy and uh, and a huge federal debt, lots of municipal and state debt. There's a lot out there to fix, and it's not going to be done overnight. But it would be a start if we would just, A, make the age limits a little tighter, and B, bring in term limits for these people that keep going back and back and back. Because Diane finds I don't think she knew what planet she was on by the end of her life. And I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just stating the obvious. She was not in her right frame of mind. And the only reason she went back was because, A, power, and B, the voters just said, meh, I'm not voting for the other guy. You, you need that. You need that in place. It's, it's frustrating. But uh, rest assured, we're, we're going into 2024, and uh, there'll be plenty to have me tear my hair out. And I, and I normally don't go on these uh, political rants, but this is just something that needs to be fixed. We need, we need limits as to who we can send. Washington. Maybe start making things look a little better. Just a little better. Alright. I'm uh, going to wrap this up finally in Scotland uh, at the cost of zero dollars and zero cents. I think this is the weekend before Halloween. You and whoever else can spend the weekend inside of Shrek's hut or his treehouse. I guess somebody recreated the look and uh, you can go there and enjoy earwax candles and waffles in the morning. No word if um, if a donkey's going to make it for you. Um, but yeah, you, you could spend the night in this thing um, and it looks just tacky as hell. But hey, if you want to knock boots in a cartoon ogre's house, there you are. You can go do that. Happy Halloween, I guess. And with that all said and done, I'm done. Until next time. Stay fresh, Jesus. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.